Well, welcome everybody. Thanks for coming out. This is uh, class number two of our two-part series. I don't know if you can call something if it has two parts a series. Is that you probably need at least a series at or something? This is on prophecy, and um, wanted to let you know. Unfortunately, a couple people had asked about the uh, uh, recording from last class. Unfortunately, it did not come out. Uh, we have 45 minutes of static and crackling. Maybe, maybe we'll try to re-record it sometime. Peter's signaling me. Huh? Am I good? Everybody wave to Peter. Thank you, Peter. Um, so anyway, uh, last class was very much, uh, I'm going to say more like a sermon in terms of the shape of uh, the communication and, and how I presented the information. I think tonight we'll have definitely a different approach. Um, we'll explore a number of topics relating to prophecy, but maybe a little more uh, practical, uh, a little more Q&A. My, my Q&A, just because I, I like control, I'm going to actually ask the questions and answer them, because I figured that way I'll be, you know... Nobody will ask me things I don't know. I, I don't know if that's anything wrong with that approach, but um, actually, I'm not joking, but, <laughs> uh, but hopefully, uh, <laughs> I don't know why everybody's laughing, um, but hopefully at the very end, we will have a time for, for legitimate Q&A. Uh, we'll see how that works, that this hour format is, uh, is a little challenging, but... Uh, and, and just to let you know, I have uh, spared every expense in uh, flying in a couple of noted uh, prophecy experts and enthusiasts who will help to answer some questions tonight, too. So we'll reveal uh, those to you uh, later on in our time together. One thing I wanted to mention, too, and I, I think uh, most of the folks here that I see uh, were at the class last time, but just as a reminder... The class really is a, a fairly narrow focus. I mean, as you can imagine, two weeks on a topic uh, is, is not all that much. So um, there can be a lot of questions, actually questions that are related to this that just time doesn't allow. And some of those have to do with even bigger picture questions about, well, what about the, the gifts of the Spirit in, in Maybe in your background or your, uh, your other church experience, you have a perspective on the gifts of the Spirit that you'd love to explore that. You're like, Dave, hey, wind, wind this up. Can we talk more about the gifts of the Spirit being for today? I need to, I need to go there. Well, we're, we still are no, needing to stay focused on prophecy tonight. But I, I want to let you know I'm, I respect that Folks have those questions, that there are, are some here even tonight that I've talked to who have said, you know, hey, I'd like to broaden the scope of this conversation or, or get my hands on some additional resources. So I just want to let you know, not talking about some of those things is not because those aren't great questions and that those are important to dialogue about. It's just the, the format of our time together doesn't allow us to get very broad in our discussion of, of spiritual gifts. So we're going to stay focused on prophecy. And uh, why don't you pray with me? Just uh, ask God to, to help us with our time together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, thank you that you uh, provide all the information we need, all the knowledge, all the wisdom, and Lord, you, you give us your spirit. Thank you that, Lord, you lead us into understanding. You lead us uh, into to wisdom and being able to, to understand your word, to grow in our knowledge of you, and to be equipped uh, to serve one another and to follow you all of our days. Holy Spirit, we ask you and we invite you to fill us afresh Lord, lead us and help us tonight. Help us to grow in our understanding. Help us to be equipped 
to minister in your power. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, one, um, one thing just as a, by way of review, because uh, we're going to move fairly quickly, and, and uh, we kind of laid the groundwork for discussing the, uh, the gift of prophecy last week. But uh, let me just remind you, and I think we have the scriptures hopefully up behind me, uh, this evening, just to help us, but uh, our text for last week was First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verses one through four, which says, "Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to God, uh, does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them." They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So, just by way of reminder, that provides a good uh, foundation for what we're going to talk about and continue to explore as it relates to the gifts. We want to be motivated by love, motivated by love for one another. That, that was what Paul laid out in 1 Corinthians 13. And um, that love uh, will lead us to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And the reason why Paul uh, is commending to the church at Corinth prophecy is because of its role in edifying the church. Not just people edifying themselves, but, but using their gifts to help build and fortify and equip the church. And uh, we did discuss last week, there are other gifts and there are other things that do edify. Preaching edifies the church. Our fellowship edifies. Prayer, there's so many things and so many uh, evidences of grace that serve to build and, and strengthen the church. But within that realm of, of means that God gives is the gift of prophecy. And it has an important part to play. Exactly what the, what the economics or the algorithms of how God works, edification, I don't know. But, but prophecy's in the equation. Amen? And uh, so we want to... We want to heed the, the exhortation of the Apostle Paul, who's strongly encouraging the church, eagerly desire to prophesy. Uh, by way of reminder, prophecy uh, we defined as the human report of a divine revelation. And that, that word revelation is really kind of one of the things that sets apart prophecy from other things that edify the church other speech or uh, utterance that also edifies the church, but in particular, prophecy is based on a revelation provided by the Lord, God revealing or uh, uh, exposing something to a person that they can then share forth to encourage by way of prophecy. Uh, prophecy is speaking forth in human words of something that God has spontaneously brought to mind. It is God revealing to a Christian something to communicate to others. I happened upon a, another uh, quote, uh, a book written uh, in the early 1900s, which says, Prophecy is the power of seeing and making known the nature and will of God a gift of insight into truth and of power in imparting it, and hence a capacity for building up men's characters, quickening their wills, and encouraging their spirits. That's by a couple of theologians, uh, Robertson and Plummer, a couple of British theologians. So let's get into um, some of our Q&A and just kind of work through some of these. So first, what I thought was a good question is, who can prophesy? Who, who, who is this encouragement for uh, to eagerly desire spiritual gifts? And um, 
we saw that in uh, 1 Corinthians 14 that we're all uh, encouraged to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, right? Uh, especially to prophesy. Let's go through a, a few scriptures that really help to provide something of a, a sense of the, uh, the scope of, of spirit gifts, uh, if that's a, a phrase to use. One of them is found in Acts chapter 2, very familiar passage, which is uh, spoken uh, at Pentecost, but it's, uh, it's uh, a quote from uh, the prophet Joel. Uh, And it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, there are more things than just prophecy mentioned here, but uh, some of the uh, uh, words that define who's being spoken about there's a lot of uh, big groups. So there's all people, there's sons and there's daughters, there's men, there's women, um, everyone who's calling on the Lord. So you get this sense that this is, a, this is a big thing. This is God liberally pouring out his spirit, not as he did in previous uh, days where God gave to particular people at particular time, gifting by the spirit, but God Uh, in the new covenant, uh, when the coming of the Messiah is here, is just pouring out his spirit liberally. And the gifts of the spirit uh, that attend that infilling are lavish. They're poured out. They're they're given uh, in great number. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 14.26. What shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together... Each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So this is, again, talking about more than just prophecy, but you get this sense that, that this, is, this is global. This is, this, is, this is everybody in the church that's being spoken about, that uh, when we come together... We all have a part to play. We all have, uh, we're all in a place as, as those who are filled by the Spirit of God in a place uh, equipped and anointed to, uh, to minister one to another. And one of those ways is prophecy. So um, I think the gift of prophecy is broadly available to the body of Christ. I don't know that I could prove uh, that everybody will prophesy. Um, I'd, I'd like to get close to that. There's something about the scope of what's spoken about and, and how broad the, the encouragement is to prophesy. But if you said, Dave, you know, are you, can you go all the way to say everybody will prophesy? I would say I, I can't quite get there, but I know that what the scripture says is that the, the gift is broadly given. We're all called to, to eagerly desire but whether God uses us in that particular way is, is up to the Lord, ultimately. Our job is to eagerly desire and to exercise faith, and God will, will use, um, I, I don't know, my, my inclination is, I, I like to think everybody has the opportunity, maybe at some point in your life, uh, some people more than others, but let's just say that the gift is broadly given to the church. So um, my only caution would be, I think sometimes we could tend to, we want to determine what, what gifts we have, and, and the scriptures say that God determines the gifting. So rather than, I, I think sometimes we can see God using people in different ways, and we could tend to say, mm, 
that's not my brand. You know, that's not, I don't, I don't think that's me. I think let's, let's not do that. Let's, let's exercise faith and say, God, I want to be used however you want to use me. Lord, you're building up your church. Anything I could do to build up the people that I love, the, the brothers and sisters in Christ, God, that's, that's what I want to lean into. Uh, that's what I want to pursue you hard uh, to experience. So another question might be, well, what about, what's the content of prophecy? If somebody is sharing a prophetic message, what, what might be included? What, what's the, what are the topics or the content of that? A lot of times when we think about prophecy, what, what is the, uh, the way or, or the topic that a lot of us can think about as relating to prophecy? Anybody? The future, how many people, so that's a, you know, you think about prophets uh, seeing something in, in hundreds of years down the way. Uh, anything else? Scolding the church. They're scolding, they're, you know, they're, uh, you know, getting after the church in some ways. Now, those actually are uh, aspects of the prophetic. But it's interesting, especially if you read, you know, you read the prophets, uh, so often, although that foretelling is included, very often that's not the primary message. Very often the content of the prophetic is, um, by revelation, uh, God is uh, helping his people see things from his perspective. He's giving them a, a heavenly perspective on their life, on their worship, uh, on their ethics, uh, you read through the prophets, and very often the future uh, comes up, but it's typically God saying, I-, I need to talk to my people about how I see their lives right now in terms of their worship, in terms of, of how they're loving one another, in terms of their, their pursuit of me. So <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 14 uh, just reminds us, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So that's, that's an aspect of the content of prophecy. It's, it's something, and again, this is kind of broad, but it's something that uh, strengthens, encourages, and comforts the church. And, and again, this is not, this is just my experience, but I've had... Uh, over the course of my, my walk with the Lord, opportunity to serve in some of these areas, the prophetic, uh, for a long time. Most of, most of the content of prophecy that I've seen and that God has used me to, to share really is, falls into this realm, this realm of, of comforting, uh, strengthening, and encouraging. But, but that's not an exhaustive description of what prophecy can include. Uh, prophecy could be something that lays bears the secrets of people's hearts. And uh, we read about that in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 24. Paul writing to the church in Corinth says, But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and they're brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their heart are laid bare, they'll fall down and, and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. So um, that can be an aspect of prophecy, God revealing something uh, that is secret and, uh, and that's shared in a way to accomplish God's uh, plan, his working in, in that person's life. Uh, prophecy can be something that includes uh, some direction, when you read uh, in Acts 13, uh, it says, Now the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now, there are folks with different opinions about this particular passage. It does not say that that is a prophetic word, but in the context, it's saying, here's 
here's uh, teachers and prophets, and oh, by the way, here's something that sounds to me like a prophetic word. Maybe it's something else, but uh, another example of something you could look at is found in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul is reminding Timothy, he says, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Um, and in a number of ways, Timothy's ministry uh, had been inaugurated and, and uh, propelled forth uh, through prophetic utterance. The prophecy had been a part of his being uh, equipped and, and released into ministry. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, it appears that spiritual gifts can be given through prophecy. Uh, in the same letter, First Corinthians, excuse me, First Timothy four, do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy, when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So, as Timothy was being uh, anointed for his role, his ministry within Paul's team. Uh, there's some sense that that prophecy was involved in his being uh, gifted for the ministry that he was called to. Uh, Acts chapter 11, uh, and this is, again, one of the most notable things, the things that people think first is prophecy can uh, foretell the future. Acts chapter 11 during this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas. And Saul. Uh, it's really amazing to see when you read through the epistles, when you read so often about the, the ministry of the Apostle Paul, one of the aspects of that ministry is he's going and he's collecting in one place for those who are lacking in another. And uh, in some ways, uh, a prophecy was a part of. Uh, kind of that work that Paul did. Um, Agabus uh, predicted this famine. It says that it happened during the reign of Claudius. And the entire church, and really all the churches that Paul was associated with, um, were shaped and guided by this prophetic word about a coming famine. So it's interesting to see the impact that that had on the early church um, by way of prophecy. Where, where else do you think we could look for uh, clues about the content of prophecy? I mean, would, wouldn't it be nice if there were, there were like books written about it? Or, or uh, wouldn't that be awesome if there were, oh, well, yeah, there are books in the Bible pro, on prophecy. That they're entirely prophecy. And I think sometimes, um, I think there can be uh, distinctions uh, between how God used prophecy in the Old Testament, how God uses prophecy in the New Testament. But when you look at kind of the, uh, the MO of those who are sharing prophetic messages, very often they are shaped by things that you have read in Amos or Micah or Joel. Uh, one of our books in the New Testament, it says, is, uh, is a prophecy. Which one is that? Revelation. Um, yeah, matter of fact, uh, Revelation chapter 1 says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So prophecy is... Um, in some ways, there's a lot that a lot of examples and a lot of things you could look at and say, this gives me an idea of what prophecy might sound like or look like. But, but in some ways, it's not. There's not like uh, the first book of 
prophetic utterance or something, and here's, here's all the do's and don't do's, whatever. Um, you just have to kind of read the, the scope of Scripture and, and see how God uh, defines things. Uh, next question. This, this is a great question. I, don't, I submitted it to myself. Dave, how, how does prophecy come to a person? Now, maybe you've been around the church for a long time. You would think, okay, well, that, everybody knows that. Come on, Dave. But you think about it. The first time if somebody said, hey, there's this gift. It's called prophecy. And God is going to give a revelation to individuals that they share with the larger group of believers. You're like, well, how does that? Is there, um, do I actually hear a voice? Do I see a a person? Do I, does an angel give it to me? How does, you know, how how does the, how how does the prophecy come to a person? Um, Now, I think it's not ruling out an audible voice or a vision, but Revelation seems to come, in my experience, and I think the scripture bears this out, in the form of words and thoughts and sometimes mental pictures that, that really impress themselves on the mind of the person who is going to prophesy. So, you know, you think about, um, you hear the, the phrase, uh, seeing with your mind's eye, you know, and there's that, that sense of... Uh, you know, you're seeing something, but you're not, you're not physically seeing it, but you're seeing it uh, in, your, in your mind. Well, prophecy can be like that, where you're, you, you get a sense of a, a vision or something. Sometimes it's almost like hearing with your, I don't know, is there a mind's ear? It seems like if there's a mind's eye, there, there should be a mind's ear or something. So you, uh, and, and people who are not even claiming to be using the prophetic will say, hey, I, I felt the Lord said this to me, or, or I felt the Lord prompted me in this way. So prophecy uh, is very much uh, something that comes to us uh, by way of words and thoughts and mental pictures. So what, what are the venues for prophecy? So what do you think? If, if uh, God is going to give you a gift of prophecy to share where do you think, you know, that happened at work or, you know, at Target or um, any ideas? Where, where do you think pro- it could happen in Target? Not, not Walmart, apparently, but Target specifically. Um, <clears throat> gathering of believers. So how many people think that's a likely, likely venue for prophecy? Uh, yes, so gathering of, a gathering of believers, and uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 14 talks about that, uh, starting in verse 23, Paul says, so if the whole church comes together, everyone speaks in tongues, and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say, you're, you're out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes while everybody is prophesying, Uh, They're convicted of sin. They're brought under judgment by all. The secret of their hearts are laid bare. Um, Go down to verse 26. What what shall we say, brothers and sisters, whenever you come together? uh, Everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a tongue. So these words, everyone, uh, the church coming together, um, whenever the people of God are gathered, that's, that's a likely venue for prophecy. Um, and that's really in keeping, we talked last week about um, Paul's writing to the Corinthians and, and the section where prophecy is mentioned falls in a, a number of chapters, chapters 11 through 14, that are really, de- Paul's addressing their, their corporate worship gathering. He's saying, look, here's, I, I need to address what's happening uh, when you come together to worship. And there was things he needed to say about communion and prophecy and tongues. But prophecy uh, generally occurs as God's people are gathered. One of it can be Sunday morning, can be community group setting. Um, so those are the likely places. Uh, but not exclusively. There are times where people 
share uh, more one-on-one. -on -one. We read about Agabus uh, sharing. We talked about him a minute ago. He shares something with Paul. There are times where prophets and people gifted by the Spirit share uh, in venues that are not the worship gathering, but that's not the primary thing. You know, you think about it. Paul says, uh, I want you to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy, because it edifies the church. So it's a church uh, thing. So another question is, well, what about, what about prophecy? Should we, should we accept, uh, if somebody says, hey, I have a, a prophecy, here it is, should we accept anything that is couched as a prophecy or, or anything that is described as a prophecy? We should just say, hey, that must be the goods. Yep, whatever they say, let's... What do you think? Any... Uh, no. Uh, no, we're called, we're called to, to judge prophecy. We're called to evaluate it. First um, Thessalonians, and I believe this was... Uh, uh, Jerry shared this recently, but 1 Thessalonians 5, <clears throat> verses 19 through 22 say, Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. So you've got two things working there. In one sense, you're... Um, you're uh, you're realizing, wow, that prophecy has a, a potential of being good or evil. There can be good prophecy, and there could be bad prophecy. So, eh, I don't know, maybe I need, to, I need to avoid the whole thing. Maybe that would be safe. But Paul is telling, no, don't, don't quench the spirit. Don't, don't treat prophecies with contempt. And you think about contempt, there's that sense of, you know, you're kind of, you know, oh, we have prophecy. Oh, that's real important. You know, you're, you're kind of demeaning it or you're despising it or treating it as unimportant. Paul's not saying that, as he, as he says, to, to judge. He's saying, uh, test it. Hold to what is good. Reject what is evil. So we're called to judge prophecy. Um, and some of the questions that we can ask, I mean, certainly is, okay, well, what about, is what I heard, if somebody shares a prophetic word with you, you know, is the content... Is it, is it promoting good or evil? At a very basic level, those are questions that you can ask. Does the content of the prophecy agree with Scripture? The Scripture is given to the church uh, for, for, all, for everything, for every aspect of our life. So if something is shared by way of a prophetic encouragement, it needs to agree with Scripture. If it does not agree with Scripture, that's the time to say, to the, to the person sharing it, you know, you don't, you know, throw them out the door or whatever, but just say, look, th thank you for being willing to share, but no, this isn't, this doesn't agree with God, what God has revealed in his word, so we need to not accept what was shared. Does the content edify? Does it encourage? Does it comfort? Does, does the prophecy evidence that the person sharing is following the way of love. Remember, Paul yeah, talks about the importance of love. So, uh, and he, he basically says, look, I don't care how gifted you are. If you can, you know, prophesy the lights out and you've got gifts of healing and you can raise the dead, whatever. Um, if you don't have love, it's, it's useless. It's a waste. You're nothing. So, Hopefully, as we're judging prophecy, that the person sharing it should come with a heart of love. They're, they should come with a desire to be a blessing, to see the people built up and, and encouraged and strengthened and comforted. First um, Corinthians 13 says that we know in part and we prophesy in part. So there's a sense that, you know, People can be well-meaning, and, and sometimes some prophecy is great. Uh, sometimes prophecy is it's a little bit of a mixed bag. There's some that you would say something about it. You would say, that's great. Part of it you'd say, well, maybe not this part. 
But you know what? Uh, that could be true of other things. That could be true of teaching. I mean, I could get up and teach you something that uh, is not good. So uh, really, any kind of, of spirit utterance, we need to, to, to judge and to, to evaluate and to hold up to the light of Scripture to determine its value. So who, who's going to do that? that is it, does that sound like a great job? Does anybody... I don't know, prophecy judge, can I, is that something I want to be able to tell people whether their, their spirit utterance is worthwhile or something? Well, <clears throat> uh, I hope it is because that's one of your jobs. As, as believers, we're all encouraged to do that. We just read in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, uh, don't treat prophecies but, uh, with contempt, but test them all. There's a sense that we all, when we listen, there should be a, a sense that, okay, God, God could be encouraging me and building me up, but let me listen. You need to evaluate. You need to, to be um, wise as you listen to, to any kind of prophetic encouragement. Not, not uh, suspicious, so there's kind of a, a balance here. You know, the whole thing with contempt, you know, I don't think it's a matter of, all right, you know, okay, Randy, let's hear what you got. You know, I mean, that, uh, that, that I don't think is the spirit of what's, what judging. It, it's it's uh, desiring to benefit, but, but being wise in listening. So <clears throat> we're all uh, encouraged to judge prophecy. Uh, also in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, it Verse 29 says, two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. If a, if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregation of the Lord's people. So uh, in this context in particular, there's prophecy can be judged by other people who are gifted with that gift. Um, they could weigh that. And <clears throat> just in a practical sense, I mean, we're talking about our church. Um, on a Sunday morning, we have our, whether you call it, you know, you, you come in the, the entrance to the Sunday morning worship, uh, all the way up at the front and the far left, there's a microphone by itself, and it's not apparently for the band, because it's not on stage, what well, we call that the, the congregational mic, or in some places they call it the prophecy mic. That's a microphone that's there um, so that what is shared can, you know, everybody can hear it. So part of it is amplification. But the other thing is there's always somebody stationed there to help judge the prophecy, uh, in this case, beforehand. So... Um, the scripture doesn't say exactly when the prophecy uh, is judged, but um, for us, it seems to have uh, been helpful to somebody comes up and whether it's uh, myself or Pete or others are there, uh, the person who wants to share uh, can say, here's, here's what I have. Here's what I, I think God has laid on my heart. And we can judge at that point Again, using some of these, these benchmarks, is it encouraging? Does it build up? What's, what's the content? Does it agree with Scripture? And uh, if it does, then that could be shared with the broader church. And, you know, for the most part, uh, my experience is people who are coming uh, appreciate that opportunity. Because a lot of times people are, they're not sure, they're stepping out in faith, but they just say, hey, I want to... I want to submit this. You know, do you think this would be helpful? I, I believe God is wanting me to share this. But um, so by and large, maybe some people, uh, if people are not comfortable submitting to that, sometimes that's a little bit of a red flag. We think, mm, you know, we'll talk to you later. Let's not share this right now. But uh, generally, folks are very... Uh, very glad to have their prophecy judged like that. And it serves the church. And that, that way, the church isn't necessarily submitted to things that we have to later say, eh, that wasn't, wasn't so good. 
Now, how does that work in community group? So, I don't know, how many, how many people have a prophecy mic at your community group? Any, uh, you don't have one of those? No. Well, yeah, so we don't uh, have one there, and depending on your community group, you might say, well, yeah, we, we have prophecy shared uh, on whatever our night, and others would say, gosh, I don't, I don't know that that's ever happened, you know, we're with our group, but Within a community group, hopefully, let's just say I was going to Randy's group, and uh, <clears throat> we're in the midst of worship, and I, I have a, a, a sense of faith that, that God wants me to share something with Randy's group to encourage. So best case scenario, I would probably talk to Randy ahead of time and just say, hey, bro, I've got, here's what I, I want to share. I'm submitting it to the person who's leading the meeting. Um, sometimes that always doesn't happen. I, I may, we may be in the midst of worship and I, I share it, but it still needs to be judged, right? So if I shared something that was unhelpful, it would be up to Randy as the leader of that meeting to say, hey, thanks for sharing that. These two things were awesome. This one thing that you shared you know, Scripture clearly says that, that we're not supposed to do that, so I need to, you know, we're all encouraged to, to not do that. So, so you can see why, why people would like to get the private evaluation probably versus the public, but both are important, and I've seen both happen. And, and again, our desire is that the church is edified and built up. So if there's something evil that's not going to edify. That's not going to comfort. And, and we want to make sure that that's not uh, harming folks in any way. Um, I'll go ahead and mention this since it's there. It would be nice to try to just skip over it. But in uh, first, first Corinthians 14, 34, there could be this section that seems sort of confusing. And it talks about the ladies. So there's some, something specific to women. Okay, uh, verse 34, women should remain silent in the churches. They're not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home. It's disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Paul, what are you talking about? You just were saying we should all eagerly desire to prophesy. You know, and Joel, it says sons and daughters. It says men and women, the ladies you know, have a part in this. Why are you telling us now in the context of, of prophecy to be quiet? Well, Paul is not saying women don't, don't prophesy. He's not saying women don't uh, come uh, desiring to encourage the church through prophetic uh, speech. Uh, he's talking in this context about the judging in the corporate worship setting. So, Again, I mean, as a church, we are uh, uh, complementarian in the sense of, you know, believing that, you know, while all men and women have equal value before the Lord, there are some things that in, in God's church, men have a particular responsibility to lead in certain ways. And uh, you know, prophecy and judging on a Sunday morning would be something that, um, the women, uh, in this case, Paul's saying you should be silent, not because I don't, he didn't want them to prophesy. He's just saying, look, you're not, you're not going to be participating in the judging of prophecy. You shouldn't be uh, interrupting. That may have been something that was going on in particular at Corinth, but just to refer to that. Um. Stephanie brought up a good question, and I blew it off at the time, and I, I will now answer it in a sense, because <clears throat> she'll be mad at me if I don't know. Um, and I think in one, one way or another, it was something like this, uh, am I supposed to say, thus saith the Lord, when I share a prophecy? Now, depending on your, how many people have been in a church setting where somebody has shared something, and the first phrase was, thus saith the Lord. How many people? Some, some yes, some no, fair amount. Um, I think in a, in a lot of ways, and Jerry actually 
uh, in spite of my attempt to dodge it, kind of brought up that, you know, if you're, if you're an Elizabethan uh, Englishman, you probably, it's okay for you to say, thus saith the Lord, because that's your era and that's how you talk. But um, I think a lot of ways that's a, uh, can be almost like a, um, not a tradition, but there's a sense of uh, people thinking, oh, well, I, I do legitimately have something that I, I believe that I'm supposed to share, but I've seen that prophets in the Old Testament, when I was reading my King James, say, thus saith the Lord, so I guess I, guess I got to do that first. Um, and is that okay? Um, absolutely not. Well, probably not. Well, I don't know. Um, Probably, let's, let's talk about a couple of things generally. And, and um, I'll, talk out, I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth here just for a second, and I'll show you why I'll do this. Um, generally, because uh, we know that we, we know in part, we prophesy in part, we, we are needing to be evaluated. Hopefully we're coming with a sense of humility. There's a sense that I, I believe this is of the Lord. I believe God is speaking to me. But... But uh, because we need to be judged and evaluated, I think coming in and declaring, thus saith the Lord, isn't, doesn't fit within that, um, that MO that well. Um, I think in our experience, it's, it serves people much better if you're saying something more like, you know, I, I believe the Lord would have me to say this or... I believe the Lord has stirred me to share this. Um, now, given, that, given those qualifications, I mean, if somebody, if somebody shared that at Randy's community group, and they shared this awesome uh, prophetic word that pierced the hearts of people and encouraged and, and comforted, but they, but they said, thus saith the Lord, I don't think it, Randy would necessarily need to say, oh, you know, disregard that. He, they did the thus saith the Lord thing. I, I, don't, I don't think that's, uh, that's the case. Um, there are uh, passages where um, people did seem to speak in kind of a first person's uh, tense in the New Testament, but, uh, and I've, I'll have those up here, but I think by way of time, I probably need to skip, skip those. Um, let's talk very quickly about what does it mean to eagerly desire. So, <clears throat> it's easy to say eagerly desire, uh, and you think, that's great, okay? I, I read uh, 1 Corinthians 14, and and I see the value of prophecy. I see the impact it can have on the church. How, how do I do that? What, what, is that? what does it look like to eagerly desire? Does, does Paul give me a step one, step two, step three? No, no. but I, I think there are things that, uh, and I'll just share these very quickly uh, for you to consider. One thing is to pray. Uh, we should pray. Uh, that God would gift us. And although it doesn't talk specifically about prophecy, in 1 Corinthians 14, there is a passage that talks about praying for a particular gift. It's 1 Corinthians 14, 13. <clears throat> Paul says, For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. So there's an encouragement to say, look, if, if you're not gifted in that way, you can pray. And I think uh, one of the best ways for us to uh, eagerly desire is to pursue God in prayer. Number one, just to ask God for the ability. Lord, uh, you know, God, would you stir that within me to, uh, to prophesy? Um, sometimes maybe even as you're praying for people, one of the ways you can pray for them is to say, Lord, as I'm praying for bill in the church lord is there is there anything that you would want me to share that is a, is 
a prophecy. Lord, is there anything that you would reveal to my heart that would encourage my brother? Something I don't know. We could, we could include uh, pursuing the Lord prayerfully in that way. Um, I think another thing we should generally do in all areas of our life, but especially as it relates to desiring, eagerly desiring, is we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, We know that um, God baptizes us in his Holy Spirit. We receive the Spirit um, when we're saved, and that's a, a, a finished work, and that happens one time. But throughout our our Christian experience, we need to continue to pursue God. Lord, fill me afresh. Um, and, and there are plenty of uh, places in the scriptures where those who have been baptized with the Spirit, Spirit previously, the scriptures later say that they were filled afresh and they were enabled. Typically when that happens, people are filled afresh. There is... Uh, praise, there's encouragement, there's bold speaking. There seems to be some sense of when you're filled with the Spirit, one of the ways that uh, comes out is God inspires you to, to pray, to praise, to, to uh, speak in tongues, to prophesy. Um, so we want to be uh, filled with the Spirit. I'll let you kind of read uh, there in Ephesians uh, that exhortation to be filled. Uh, we also just want to love. I'll tell you, one of, one of the uh, challenges to me sometimes where I go through times where I don't pursue God, I don't eagerly desire, I think the Lord shows me I could be lacking in love. I, I'm, not, I'm not going on a Sunday morning or I'm not going to community group with a sense of, you know, God, I want to bless my brothers and sisters. I could be more thinking, well, what, what am I going to hear today? Is, is do, you know, are we going to do the worship tunes that I like? Or, you know, I could be thinking more about me. But when I'm loving, uh, that can revolutionize our, our experience on Sunday morning and, and uh, a community group in a lot of ways. But uh, it also positions us for God to use us prophetically. Um, Also, just listen. We are a culture today that we are just bombarded with sounds and noise. And if you're like me, you know, you you leave work, which people are talking to you and music's playing, you get in the car and you got a podcast or you got a song or you listen to sports talk, you get home and the TV's on and you got people. Sometimes we're just so, I mean, the Lord could be wanting to reveal things to us to share by way of prophecy, but we're just so, you know, we're, we're giving God a busy signal. Um, so let me encourage you, uh, if you eagerly desire, one of the ways you can do that is just stop, listen. Uh, spend some time in silence, in solitude. So, I have left uh, 7.3 minutes for other <laughs> Q&A. Let me ask um, Jessica and Rita if they would come up. Let's welcome them <laughs> for, for seven minutes of... Uh, but I just thought in terms of questions that you guys may have, why don't you come up and, and join? Um, what other questions do you guys have and I'll add mine. Uh, and the reason I'm asking these ladies, I mean, they, as, as a lot of you guys would know anyway, they're uh, believers that are, are passionate to, to bless people with the prophetic. They have a heart that says, you know, I know that God uses that in, in unique ways. I, I want to be a part of that. They probably have benefited from it in their own life. So they just say, hey, I know how that's touched me. I want to I want to be a part of seeing that happen in the life of others. So what what other questions? Anything that you guys have uh, could be theological or, or just kind of experience. Uh, yes. Maybe you went over this last week, but I've always been I've always wondered if within the definition of 
Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Good question. Uh, ladies, do you have any, what's your thought or your experience? Um, kind of a, is it always, is it always yeah. just instant or is there times where you... Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent question. Ladies, what do you think? What's your, what's your experience of that? Sometimes it is like, in the moment, out of the blue. But I also have experiences last week. That one about the, the puzzle with the jigsaw—that had been back in my mind for a long time, and I wasn't able for weeks to kind of put it together and I kept thinking, okay, so maybe this isn't anything I'm supposed to say, God. And it was kind of hanging out in my brain for a while and, and asking God to, to give me if it was something to share. And it took a while. So sometimes it is. What do you what do you think, think Jess? What's I your think experience? One of the ways that prophecy is something that a large amount of the church experiences on one level or the other because it can look very different with other giftings. So, I, like for example, those of you who are evangelists or who practice that command regularly will often feel the Lord either prompting you to go to a specific person or to ask a specific question of the person. That, in a way, is a form of prophecy. Sometimes it's, it can be just a scripture, but it's for a specific person. There's a prophetic aspect to that because how would you know that that specific scripture went to that specific person at that specific time? That's obviously guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, that goes that can be for an encouragement, um, but also even things like generosity. If you read um, biographies of um, missionaries, there's so many stories that, that that people will, for example, on the day, the last day of a deadline of a cross. They'll get a, a check in the mail for the exact amount with a note that says, the Lord told me to send this to you for this exact amount. That is a form of prophecy affecting the gift of generosity. And even hospitality or helps can look like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody brings a bag of groceries and the child will just pray to God for peanut butter and jelly, and there it is. Mm-hmm. You know, those are examples of how it can look, I think, very different for each person depending on God's gift to them. But then for some of us, it's like you hear, you see specific images and you hear specific words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one thing sometimes... Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying, like, I think that can happen at any time. Yeah. I think sometimes as you're, <clears throat> as you're praying for somebody, uh, God, in your prayer time on a Wednesday, may encourage you with something that you know you're not going to see that person until Sunday. I, I believe it's entirely appropriate to write it down and submit that to them. Um, so there, there are people on a Sunday morning that will come and it's just the word that they're sharing is in their head and they'll articulate it. There are times where people, uh, the word has come to somebody earlier in the week and they wrote it down and shared it in that venue. So good question. Other questions? Susan. Susan. Sometimes I've been told, gee, you know what, I really think that's from the Lord, but maybe there's a specific person you need to ask God to reveal to you who that might be for an individual, but not for general um, uh, church body right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they say, you don't think it's, this doesn't seem like it fits with this piece, but keep praying. And then a couple of weeks later, the Lord really, you feel the Lord really prompting you, go now. And that's the time that mm-hmm. it's supposed to be shared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I am really, that's why I'm really grateful for the gifts. Yeah, yeah. Good questions. And some, some of these things are, you know, if you, again, you pursue the Lord and, and you start to feel like, wow, God, I think God is revealing. Sometimes early on you're like, 
I, I don't know what to make of this, but I, I just want to encourage you, step out in faith. Um, it, it's something that if, as you step out and, and uh, take those kind of faith-filled risks, I think God honors that and he, he helps. And um, it's good. Good. Well, yeah. No, in part, prophesying part. Ladies. (laughs) 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 Answer in part. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you would add to that? Yeah, the context of that is clearly that. I mean, it's, we're looking for another day. In the meantime, we have these things that help us get there. They, they don't. They don't bring us to the already completely. They bring us to the you know, it's because we're living the already not yet. So we do need encouragement along yeah. the way and comfort along the way. And and these things are in part. Mm-hmm. It, it does allude to the fact that they're not going to be you know, these perfect. Well, thank you so much. Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to kind of bring the ladies up, too, is say if you have additional questions or as you're working through this, um, I know that they would love to be able to chat 
Uh, I don't know that. I'm just I'm assuming that. But <laughs> knowing them, uh, they would. So let's close with a word of prayer so we can uh, make way for Jerry in the next class. Heavenly Father, thank you for pouring out your spirit so lavishly, so richly. Uh, Lord, for giving gifts to us, your children, so that we can participate in encouraging and building up and fortifying your church. Lord, would you stir our hearts? Lord, stir prophetic gifting among the people here today. And God, I, I just pray, and I know others would join and say amen. Lord, use us to, to prophesy and bless your people in the days to come. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.